On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right, morning all. Remember, the information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All objectives are subject to risk. None are guaranteed. So before you make any decisions, you should contact an investment advisor and you can find more about ours at our website, which is craigsip.com. Okay, looking back at last week, another very buoyant one for markets everywhere, really. Um, the US leading the charge on what seemed to be a more relaxed Federal Reserve at their monetary policy meeting and press conference. We'll talk about that more shortly. But the S&P 500 index in the US was up 1.6% for the week, so uh, a strong performance there. The NASDAQ index, which is obviously dominated by more growth type stocks, you know, technology companies, consumer discretionary, uh, it was even stronger. Uh, it was up 3.3%. And if you look at the um, one of the indices that sort of captures a lot of the big tech stocks, uh, they were even stronger again. So it was a, a very positive week, uh, particularly for some of those areas of the market that have had a, have had a difficult time of it. Uh, over the last 12 months. Europe was up as well, 1.2% rise there. The UK actually uh, was a real standout. It rose even more than the US or Europe. Um, the FTSE 100 was up 1.8% last week. And uh, the UK market, which had a very good performance in 2022, it was one of the few share markets around the world that actually increased rather than decreased. Uh, it's up 6% so far in 2023, so it's had a very good start to the year. And on Friday, um, overnight on Friday after our market has closed, the FTSE 100 index actually uh, surpassed its previous all-time high, uh, which came in May 2018, so you know, coming up five years ago. So the UK market is now um, at a record high. So been a very strong performance there. The Aussie market had a good run too. Um, it was up another 0.9% last week. It's up about 7.4% this year. And it's uh, not, not quite at an all-time high like the UK market is, but it's getting very close. The ASX 200 is in, it's uh, within striking distance of its uh, all-time high, which came in August 2021. Um, so it's sort of within within 1% of that level. Other markets around the world are still still quite far down from um, uh, from their peak. So, you know, the local market is still, bear with me, and I'll just work it out here on the spot. Uh, the NZX50 uh, is still 10% below its peak. Uh, its peak came um, January 2021, and world shares, which is you know all the markets around the world put together, still down about 13.5% from their peak. So uh, it really does show you that um, you know the UK and the Australian market have been incredibly solid. Uh, the local market, another good week here though as well. Uh, we were up 1.3%, so that's our fifth consecutive weekly gain. Uh, we are up 6.3% this year, and we're we're back at levels we haven't seen since March last year. So even though, you know, still 10% below those all-time highs, um, still a bit of bit of uh, a bit of an increase needed to retake those those highs from two years ago. Uh, at one point, we were down 
22% from those highs in the middle of last year. And since then, uh, we've rebounded again. Bear with me, and I'll just work it out here on the spot. Um, we have rebounded 15.2% from the middle of last year. So having a pretty good run too, New Zealand shares. Uh, interest rate markets, not, not a huge amount of change. Well, look, I say there wasn't a huge amount of change, and there wasn't point to point, but uh, through the week, there was a whole heap of ups and downs and volatility. So uh, it was it was far from a quiet week. But the US two-year Treasury yield finished the week at 4.29. That's a little bit higher than where it started the week. It started at 4.20. However, it fell as low as 4.03 uh, in the wake of that Federal Reserve meeting. So that's a big fall uh, that came. And then it went back up again when we had a very strong jobs report come through on Friday night. So uh, you had the Fed meeting and they were a bit more relaxed and people sort of got the idea that, well, interest rates aren't going up as much. Inflation's not a worry anymore. So interest rates came down on the back of that. But then you had a red hot jobs report much stronger than expected. And then interest rates went back up because markets then you know, started thinking, oh, hang on, have we got ahead of ourselves? Maybe the economy is still running uh, very hot. Maybe wage growth is still uh, there in the mix. Maybe the labour market's still very tight. The Federal Reserve still could have some work to do. So all of those declines that we saw a couple of days earlier sort of reversed. Um, the US 10-year yield ended at 3.53, you know, again, very little change from a week earlier where it was 3.50 but during the week it was you know down and then up again uh, and here in New Zealand our five-year swap rate fell from 4.25 to 4.11 so ours went down and stayed down but we were closed when that jobs report came through um, in the US on Friday so we've obviously got the public holiday uh, today Monday for Waitangi Day um, but when we reopen tomorrow Tuesday I would be expecting our interest rate markets might follow what you saw in the US um, when we were shut. So you might see our rates just tick up a little bit again. Um, right, let's talk more specifically about some of those um, key events that we saw last week. And we sort of got to start with central banks because this was the this was the key event, the Federal Reserve. Their first meeting of 2023, um, it, was, it was widely anticipated. We were all looking forward to it, and it certainly didn't disappoint in terms of being an important macro uh, and market-moving event. Um, so the Federal Reserve increased interest rates again. So that was um, they, they did seven increases last year, and that's another one this year. So the policy rate is now 4.75%. Um, uh, uh, at the beginning of last year, it was 0 0.25. So we've seen a big move um, in, in just just 12 months or just over 12 months, and it's at the highest level since mid-2007. Now, that was completely expected, the quarter of a percent move that, that, that they made. Uh, so it was all about the comments um, that, that came through. And, and it wasn't so much the comments in the statement. It was really the market reaction came during the press conference from Fed Chair Jerome Powell. And he, he just made a couple, of, a couple of remarks that got people's attention. First of all, he noted that the disinflation process has started. And that means, you know, inflation uh, pressure is easing. But he hasn't used that word disinflation 
um, for a long time. And that language was an important turning point, as was his demeanor. He just seemed to be pretty relaxed. You know, think back to a couple of those press conferences late last year where I was talking about, you know, we need to cause some pain to sort of get this under control. And it was really sort of tough talk and strong language. And now he seemed seemed pretty chilled. You know, it was um it was the chilled version of, of Jerome Powell. And markets took note of that. Um, he did have the chance to sort of talk down some of the enthusiasm that we're seeing out there. You know, you've seen uh, share prices rebound. You've seen interest rates come down a bit. You've got people in a bit better mood this year. And he did have the chance to sort of water down that enthusiasm, but he didn't take it. You know, he didn't push back on the fact that uh, people are pricing in rate cuts later this year. He didn't seem too bothered by the fact that financial conditions have eased a little bit over the last few months. He he seemed, um, you know, remarkably comfortable with all of that. So I don't know if it was in his intention or not, but the way we all interpret it is that the Fed is quite relaxed about looser financial conditions. Cuts later in the year are possible if inflation continues to moderate and that um, we're nearing the end of the, the hiking cycle. So uh, the statement came out, markets actually dipped slightly, the PREF conference happened and you saw this big rally in shares and you saw um, uh, interest rates in the US come down. So it was a really interesting meeting. Uh, there was a couple of other um, central bank meetings too. Uh, we had the um, uh, the Bank of England and the ECB uh, also uh, announced interest rate decisions. They both increased interest rates both by half a percent. So in Europe, that sees the policy rate at two and a half, the highest since late 2008. Uh, in the UK, um, it sees the policy rate go to 4%, which is also the highest since late 2008. Um that's probably where the similarities stopped. You know, they were quite different in their tone. The ECB talking tough and the Bank of England a little bit more cautious about, um, you know, how aggressive they'll be um, in future. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But it was really all about the Fed. In terms of economic data, um, plenty on that front too. You had the ISM index out of the US and that the manufacturing sector uh, registered its third consecutive sub-50 reading uh, after being an expansionary territory for 29 straight months until November. Um, so it, it was pretty weak. It fell to the lowest since May 2020. Um, the new orders component, which is a, a really good indicator of future demand, that was pretty ugly. That fell to 42.5, which is the lowest since May 2020. And you don't often see the new orders component of the ISM at that level unless you know pretty much you're in recession or one is not far away. So that's that's definitely an alarm bell. Uh, more encouragingly, the services ISM index came in much stronger. So the services sector seems to be in, in much better shape um, after last month's um, surprisingly weak reading. Uh, it bounced back and it, it rose to 55.2, so it was well above forecast. And you also saw the new orders component of the services ISM a lot more encouraging. So some mixed messages there. Then you had the jobs report. So this came through on Friday night. We were closed, um, as was you know Australia and most of the the, the indices or, or markets in this part of the world. But it was, it was way stronger than expected. Um, for January, the US economy added 517,000 jobs. So forecast for 188, you know, so 517 versus 188. 
that's the strongest since February of last year. We also saw the headline unemployment rate fall to 3.5. So people were picking it, I think, to be either sideways or up, and it went down slightly. And um, uh, at 3.4% that it's, it's fallen to, that's the lowest since 1969, which is pretty amazing. Um, a broader measure of, of uh, unemployment or underemployment or labour market slack, or however you want to term it, um, that increased marginally to 6.6, although that's still pretty close to the lowest we've seen in you know 30 odd years. So the, the labour market is still tight and you have still got um, a very strong employment picture. So it was that which saw interest rates bounce back up again. Um, on Friday, and that's why they sort of ended the week, you know, kind of where they started, despite such moves on the way through. Um, also, last week we had the China PMIs come out, so these are activity indicators. These are for January. They pretty much confirmed the rebound in activity that we've seen or we've been expecting um, this year. So the composite PMI improved to fifty-two point nine. That's a seven-month high, uh, well above um, what we saw in December. And uh, when you look at the, the cakes and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, PMIs, but these are sort of private sector measures which tend to focus more on small and medium-sized companies versus the official measures, which are the government ones. And they're, you know, they encompass SOEs and, and larger companies. But uh, the private sector measures were pretty solid. Uh, the manufacturing one up slightly, but, you know, still still pointing to sluggish growth and the services one um, a little bit better it was above forecast so again the detail a little bit mixed but generally and on balance you know huge improvement from what we've seen in um, in the last six or eight months in China on the local front uh, the key release we had was the um, uh, unemployment report and uh, again it was sort of good and bad uh, the headline unemployment rate increased slightly you know went up to 3.4 so that's you know that's that's good from the perspective of the reserve bank you know you're starting to see the labor market uh just just it, it become a little bit less tight although 3.4 is still exceptionally low you know it's it's it got we got to a low of 3.2 percent last year and that was the lowest since the 1980s and 3.4 is not a whole lot above 3.2 uh, participation rate the same still very strong wage growth slowed down a little bit so 0.9 percent was what we saw in the december quarter that's way down from the september quarter and it's the lowest in about 18 months and um that, that's important too because wage growth, as much as it's good that people are getting higher wages, that does tend to feed through to um, inflation pressures elsewhere. So all it does is sort of create that cycle of wages go up, costs go up, wages need to go up further. So, you know, you want to see more, you want to see solid wage growth, but um, in a more sustainable manner where, you know, those wage increases aren't just getting eroded by higher inflation anyway and it all becomes a bit pointless. Um, looking ahead to this week, it won't be quite as busy. You know, last week was a super busy one, so you know we won't we won't have all the same uh, excitement. Um, it'll be a bit quieter, but I think uh, one focal point will be Fed Chair Jerome Powell's appearance at the Economic Club of Washington DC, which is on Tuesday. So he's sort of doing the Q and A session. Uh, David Rubenstein, I think, is is going to be. Um, uh, interviewing him so that'll be really interesting you know because of everything we saw last week and the way markets interpreted that 
you know, Fed decision and the press relations, some of those comments and the, you know, the vibe uh, from Powell. It'll be interesting to see if he, you know, noticed that reaction and if he's uncomfortable with it, does he take the opportunity to sort of clarify his position? So that, that'll be closely watched on Tuesday. And, um, you know, then in a couple of weeks, we'll get the minutes from that Fed meeting as well, which will clear things up. But I think I think Tuesday's Tuesday's appearance from Powell takes on much greater importance given the reaction that we saw last week. So that will be um, that will be really important. Uh, also, internationally, you've got the reporting season that will continue. So you know, um, the, the US reporting season is about sixty odd percent of the way through. So you know, we're over halfway, and so far, earnings are down about five percent from the same period a year earlier. So that that's sort of the weakest set of results we've seen since uh, late 2020. So things are slowing in terms of um, you know co- corporate profitability. Uh, been a mixed bag. You know, you've seen some companies perform very strongly after the result. You know, Facebook was one. Where you've seen others that haven't gone quite so well. And you know, a couple of the other tech stocks um, from late last week weren't weren't quite as strong. You know, Amazon and and so forth. So uh, we'll watch watch this week's set of results with interest. There's you know lots of interesting companies announcing results. So this week. Um, the ones that I've noted as ones I'll be particularly interested in, CVS Health, FMC, Disney, L'Oreal, PepsiCo and Unilever, all important companies from a range of um, sectors. On the local front, it's pretty quiet. We will have another dairy auction early Wednesday morning. So uh, a fortnight ago, uh, we saw dairy prices fall very slightly. You know, that's the third consecutive decline. Um you know, dairy prices were down 20-odd percent last year, and they've fallen a few percent this year too. So uh, Fonterra actually, you know, reduced its um, expected payout range for the milk payout ever so slightly in December, and um, some of the local economists think it will need to sort of come down a little bit further. So Fonterra is at about $9. I think most of the economists are sort of in the in the eights. So that, that that's still solid, but... Um, you know, it's it's off the the record highs that we saw in the previous season. So, we'll be watching um we'll be watching the next couple of dairy auctions, including this one, and just trying to gauge whether the recovering Chinese economy is is proving helpful uh, for one of our biggest commodity exports. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, the RBA, that will be the key event across the Tasman, the Reserve Bank of Australia. So their first monetary policy decision of the year will come at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday afternoon. And um, expectations are for a quarter of a percent rate hike. So, you know, that's the most likely outcome. Uh, they increased their cash rate eight times last year, so that saw it finish the year at 3.1. That's the highest since 2012. So if you get that 25 basis points, then that'll see them at 3.35. Not not as higher as here. Um, you know, the Reserve Bank in New Zealand's obviously higher, but the RBA gets quite a lot of bang for buck out of its rate hikes because most people over there are on floating mortgages. So as soon as they make a change, you know, you feel it in the pocket. So. That's maybe one reason why they um, haven't had to go as far as as their New Zealand counterparts. But I think what swayed it for them is um, the higher than expected inflation figures that we saw for the December quarter. So they had their inflation numbers come out the same day as ours, you know, a week or two back, 
and um, and contrast ours showing you know signs of it coming down the other side of the hill. Uh, these are still heading up. So their trimmed mean CPI, which is the uh, the, the the inflation measure that the central bank um, likes to focus on, that increased to 6.9%, an annual rate of 6.9%. So expectations were for 6.5%, it went up to 6.9%, so it's quite a bit higher than people were expecting, and that's at the highest level since 1988. So um, I think that has probably swayed the balance for the Reserve Bank of Australia to... Um, to um, uh, hike interest rates again rather than than pause. But look, what else will we be watching? I, I, that's pretty much it in terms of specific news. But I think you know the tone very much is a positive one across markets. You know, you've got all those factors that that are encouraging people. Um, the Chinese economy is reopening. Uh, the energy crisis in Europe is sort of well behind us. Uh, inflation is coming down in most places, Europe, the UK, New Zealand, the US in particular. Central banks are now expected to, to do a little bit less than they were expected to do three months ago. So, you know, the peak of interest rates is in sight and it's likely to be a lower peak than people thought before. And while the economic data is, is starting to take a turn for the worst, you know, it's not looking absolutely terrible. You've still got things like that US jobs report that tell you that the economy still has some underlying strength. So markets are a bit more hopeful that we will have a, um, a more positive year and the wheels won't fall off completely. It still remains to be seen. There's still lots of things to worry about. You know, something that I'm very conscious of is that you know, to offset all of those po positives, you have got a, a slowdown coming. And it's probably not far away in terms of uh, the economy slowing and corporate earnings sort of following suit. And while we all hope that that is a mild, you know, decline, it remains to be seen, you know, whether that's the case or not. So uh, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. You know, it's great to see markets performing well. Uh, bond markets are up, share markets are up. Actually, that, that's a good point. Bond markets are actually performing better than share markets. That's sort of something that um, uh, hasn't got as much attention. You know, everyone's talking about how strong share markets have been. Bond markets in some parts of the world have been stronger than share markets in the US, for example. So while that's great to see, um, yeah, we do need to still make sure we play it a little bit cautious and, um, you know, don't get ahead of ourselves because... Is, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. But anyway, that's enough for today. Uh, thanks for listening and um, enjoy your week. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.